Check one, check two. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour with your host, Rob Cantrell. Hey, I've got an amazing guest, a super dope episode, caffeinated coffee, weed, herb out. One of my oldest friends in comedy, producer on Comedy Central, great stand-up comic, an old friend, a dope friend, Please give it up for Ari Shafir. Thanks. <laughs> the crowds, I guess the crowd went away because of the Katrina or whatever, the fucking virus. But generally, virus. I know there'll be thousands of people out there. Yeah, there's thousands. <sighs> They're all inside. <laughs> all coroned out. How's your 19, my man? How's my what? How's your Corona 19? Oh, no. I was co- like, it's 20. Oh, it's pretty good. I, I don't know. All things considered, I'm all right. I- yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, because you and I have danced. What I love about you, Ari, is uh, we're the same age and we started about the same time, but in two different universes, but we've always kind of weaved in and out of each other. LA, Uh, San Francisco, LA, New York, New York, San Francisco. It was always like mm -hmm. uh, the overlaps. It was always, uh, no, thanks for doing this, Ari. I know, I mean, I know. You are notorious. Today is the birthday of Notorious B.I.G. You are the t- Notorious R.A.R.I. But I didn't, But I always just, I've known you since the get-go as just this nice dude. Uh, well, nice. Catch it. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of, uh, but I always knew you as just this nice dude. I re- and I remember like the first time I met you. And it was, uh, and it was 2002, I'm guessing, because it was full, before Last Comic Standing. And it was at the Brainwash Cafe. And it was like, we were standing outside. Brainwash Cafe, where was that? In San Francisco. And it was the laundromat. Do you remember this joint? It was like this weird laundromat. It was like, like, there's only like seven places to start out in San Francisco. And that was like one of the main spots. And it was like a coffee house that had punk rock and they had, (laughs) and they had, a bunch of laundry mats and uh, a bunch of laundry uh, machines. And uh, yeah, you would do comedy there. That was like the Thursday night. And you I remember from up. Cobbs, from the old Cobbs. Yeah. yeah. Is that where you think we met? I think so. I remember seeing you there and be like, damn. I think I've told you this before, but it was like the most... When I started, there, were, there was like, really, it seemed like LA and New York comedy was really it, you know? Yeah. And then there was like little scenes like... DC area, shit like that, where it's like, okay, people are doing it, but eventually it's like, if you get any level, you got to move to LA or New York. And I thought LA was the, the thing because I was there, but like, I knew New York was also strong. But I just figured the other cities, it was like, oh, these guys are just never going to go anywhere. So, so, uh, uh, which by the way, looking back, it's, it's an awful idea to start in LA. It's way better to do two, three years somewhere else. Dude, I always look at you like, I, cause I lived in LA. I was like, it's hard to get any traction there. I mean, it's a dope spot and I love California more than anything, but you, can't you know, get it's just the belly time. of the beast. Yeah, yeah you can't even get up in like 10 people watching you. It's just like, nobody cares. Anyway, nobody I saw, cares. Yeah. I saw your joke about uh, unleashing uh, uh, um, gorillas on a, uh, like surfing is the only uh, sport that has that has animals attacking as part of the fucking thing, and it's like it'd be great if like you know Tom Brady drops back, oh the gorilla's loose, and I remember seeing it and going like I could steal this joke, 
<laughs> none of these San Francisco comics are getting out of San Francisco, even though all of you did. Yeah. <laughs> you, Moshe, all of you, Louis Katz, all of you guys got out. But I was Al like, magical, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was so tempted. I'm like, maybe I should steal a joke. And then I think I told you this, and I saw it like two years later on Last Comic Standing and going, oh, thank God I did not steal that. <laughs> I like, would have been caught. I know. Uh, yeah, man. Thank I, You always tell me that, and that always pumps me up. Uh, I actually, yeah, I take that as a, as a cred. And, uh, and that joke is so simple. It can be stolen, but some of my stuff is just so simple and random and weird that if somebody steals it, it comes out kind of hacky. That's the thing about stealing. It is pretty like, funny. I saw Paul Tompkins. Yeah, after that Rogue and stuff happened, Paul Tompkins saw him at the at the. Uh, he's a nice guy, but I saw him at the, the UCB, the big alt show of the week in LA, and he was talking about stealing. He was like, "Don't write jokes. Write material. Write bits. That way your shit can't get stolen because it's personal." And I was like, mm, "That's wrong, on two levels. One." People can absolutely steal personal stuff, like Mencia did with that Cosby stuff about his mom. And two, it's like, what if you're just a joke writer? Your stuff, that's, that's somehow acceptable to take that shit? No. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So I can steal Hedberg stuff because it's not personal? Like, get out of here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird vibe when people actually try to, like, take things. Yeah, it's a weird vibe. It's a, and now with memes and everything else, it's just a sea of content. So it's harder, you know, I, I love that Joe Rogan called Homeboy out and, and knocked him down that was because he was just so blatant, you know? Um, but now it's just like, I do see people's specials and I'm not gonna, I, I'm done with judging and shit like that. Like, but I'll see some shit and I don't know. I'm like, I so don't a, know. There's a, yeah, there's always that where there's like, did they take world. that or is that kind of an easy, I saw the, the day after there was this Chinese uh, this new, the, not LA, an American uh, spy plane crashed into a Chinese, I guess, spy plane or something, but it was over China. And we were trying to get the plane back, or maybe, I forget the exact story. The story doesn't matter. The point is, the Chinese uh, pilot's name was Wong Wei. And, <laughs> and I was working the, the, the door at the comedy store, the, the booth, and I watched, it was the night it happened, I watched seven comics make the same exact joke the same night it happened. So nobody could yeah. take it from anybody. You know what I mean? But they're like, wrong way. It's like, hey, he's going the way. It's like, and then you see the audience like, is this a fucking inside joke? And I'm like, oh, no, they're just hacks. They're just really <laughs> hacky. It's either hacky or when I've, I've been a kind of adamant. I was a purist, like not a joke. Easy, easy, not hacky. It's easy. easy. Yeah. yeah, it's just the, the, the current moment. Like yeah. anything that is right now is going to hit. So if you do COVID shit, like yeah. all these shows, all the jokes on Twitter are like right. The Twitter jokes on. are like it's supposed to be easy. It's just like I don't know yeah. if you think of something, just throw it out. It's not on your special. Just throw it the fuck out there. Throw that. That's what I heard. Some I forget who it was, but it was like I don't write current event material, but I do live in the moment in the first two minutes when I get on stage. So if it's okay, yeah. So you don't hang on. You don't live and die by that. You 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 are a hack if you live and die by. Oh, I'm gonna just do Bill Clinton, you know, bullshit. Yeah. I'm gonna just do Trump, and I'm gonna do my whole hour around there. That's hack. But if you just yeah. go up there and talk some bullshit that you that ever that the street is talking about, well, like it was 70 degrees yesterday. It's snowing today. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, two minutes. Go do it. <laughs> like, and we all all just went through that. It was 70 yesterday. How's your COVID nineteen going? 
It's good. It's good. I mean, I go through panics and freakouts, but I, Ted Alexandro called me up out of the blue to do his podcast. And I talked to him and uh, yeah, I go through like waves of, oh my God. And, uh, and then waves like, oh, I'm going to work out. Like I did, I got this new mic and I'm doing like voiceover auditions. I got oh, my cool. Patreon going. I'm asking friends to be on my podcast. So it's, it's kind of motivated me. And as you know, it's like, I've been going hard since 99. Like, I don't mind taking a little time off. Like, I got, I got the leather. I got the leather. Yeah, I exactly. got so much leather. And, you know, I never was a comedy seller dude or, or uh, and I like those clubs, the stand. I've been, you know, Brooklyn bar rooming it straight, you know, street fighting it for years. Yeah. So uh, taking a little time off is dope. Like, I, I like it. Like it's, yeah. uh, I think it's going to help my stand up in the long run. People ask me too, if I go like traveling, like for vacation kind of stuff, you know, like no stand up, yeah. just like be gone for a week or a month or two months, whatever. They're like, aren't you going to fall behind? I'm like, I mean, in the first 10 years, maybe. Yeah. But after that, it's like, remember in open mics, like everyone used to write jokes about being a comic, you know, it was yeah. half about doing comedy and half about like where you would just come from, like college or trying to get laid or whatever. And then yeah. when we, after you spend 10 years in comedy, you're like, well, dude, all your jokes to me about comedy. And nobody's going to write. Yeah. In New York, you see all these guys write jokes about coffee shops. <laughs> and then like <laughs> regular people are like, I don't actually hang out in coffee shops. Coffee. I don't know what that world is. I just get my coffee and go. But yeah, like, yeah. that's your whole life. So it's like, you better have some experiences. Oh, but here's what I was going to tell you about the fucking. So I was talking to David. We were both agreed like that first like mid-March. You know, when, when de Blasio was like saying like, hey, I think I might have to do shelter in place. I, I mean, everybody's fear. You got to remember every step of it. You know, it's hard to remember. Uh, I saw an, a tab that was open that was like on March 13th um, or March 15th. Actually, I did my last spot the cell, at the cellar with a tell and stuff. And it was like, it goes de Blasio was like 55 cases in New York, five deaths total in America. And you're like, oh, fuck. And you're like, that's nothing compared to now. So anyway, that first week, like the 20th around there, when he was like, we might have to shelter in place. I was like, dude, we got to go get a bunch of cans from the supermarket because we're going to need at least a week's worth of food <laughs> to lock this door. They're going to go door to door fucking raiding people. You know, yeah. like that, that was a real fear. Like if the truck stopped shutting down, like coming in, like New York is strangled. And then I realized like, Oh, I'm actually not. That's not a worry anymore. Like, you got a fucking nice guitar behind you. It's like, yeah, life is not really that bad for a lot of us. Not for all of us, but for a lot of us, it's like worse, but not like it, it, it's not fucking the walking dead. You know, we're not in war. You know, it yeah. is fucked up and it's scary and the economy stuff like that. But it's uh, I don't know. It's helped me like meditate more, stretch more. I'm working mm -hmm. out. You know, there's been a. And I've been watching every, with my family, been watching Star Wars every night, watch everything. Oh, cool. Like, I never get to do any of that shit. Yeah. So if anything, I'm feeling a little bit antsy. I want to run around. Um, but that's, I mean, yeah, I, I just, I'm just glad to be alive. <laughs> There's that too. Yeah. Our percentage of worry is like getting it. I'm less worried about now. I was like, this could be fucking death. Yeah, pretty easy. I want to wait as long as possible, especially if the hospitals get choked up. And now it's just like, all right, that worry's half gone. The worry about like end of all society is also mostly gone. And then all that's left is like, can I get back to stand up on the road and stuff in my normal life or for friendships? You know? Yeah. So, in terms of what it was, it ain't that bad. 
And we dance in the unknown. Like, I don't know. For me, I like dancing in the My whole life is dancing in the unknown. Yeah, it's fun. You, it's, it is a right part the of, edge the gig. of the wave. It's like, hell yes. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you, you just don't. That's what I kind of like about it because you could prophesize and say, oh, it's this and this is going to happen. Motherfucker, nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. You know, nobody knows. I know. Um, and, it, and it's made me kind of go more internal you know and uh what do you mean just you know even before this i started meditating like hard like 20 40 minutes and when i'm meditating i'm going towards the darkness and i'm working my breath and i'm losing more of my my ego and just learning how everything this is kind of a manifest manifestation of my imagination mm -hmm. and my spirit, which I believe is, you know, eternal, whatever's gonna keep on, whether I get killed or not, this vibe is forever, you know? This vibe, my vibe is, you know, gonna be my vibe. Your vibe, like, that's what's, like, your vibe, I can tell your vibe, I see your vibe, but even if you weren't here, Ari, I know your vibe. <laughs> I've known you for so long that I've known your vibe, and I can picture you in front of when I met you at uh, I, I was at the Brainwash, but it could have been Cobbs. The first no, I time I met Rogan I was at I just saw you. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, yeah, Cobbs. Yeah, yeah I that just, guy. Even that guy would fuck with me. He wouldn't put me up that much. The Cobbs guy. Oh yeah, yeah he's the out, Cobb, right? Tom Sawyer. Tom I was Sawyer. too cocky. Some people just I don't know. My vibe doesn't. I don't. You know it's. The more I do art, the more I let go of judgments and bitterness and just, you know, I'm, I got a good life. And yeah, uh, also, I think a lot of it, maybe you're just not that guy's uh, type, if you yeah. know what I'm getting at. I do know what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, which is also like, oh, I can't blame myself for comedy when it's about something completely else. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude, I, I, it, was, it wasn't Andy. And Andy. business, like these things are businesses. That's what we we're seeing. Like these clubs are fucking businesses. You exactly. Know? And they're like, I don't know. You get, you get so mad at a club. I will never work there. It's like, why? Because some guy didn't tell yeah, yeah. you have a bad set once. He didn't think you were good. All right, dude. I don't know. Fucking calm it, down. Yeah, it's just a, it's another $1,500 or whatever your thing is. Like, yeah, it's just that, you know, time is that moment, you know? So yeah. you just keep on fucking moving forward. Yeah, that guy who used to book a Whiplash um, and then Hot Soup, it yeah. was always like, he would start to take pride in the people he didn't book. And he was like, I don't like Big Joe because I don't like Kurt Metzger. And it was always like, okay, I guess. And he wouldn't book me too. But then when he I found out he wouldn't book those other guys, it was like, oh, all right, I'm not going to take that personally. <laughs> He's just got different tastes than I do. That's it's all right. You like Aperna, which is fine. Aperna's really funny, but like she we're is. vastly different comics. So yeah, I wouldn't say if you're someone's into her that they would be into me. That wouldn't <laughs> surprise me that they're. I not. don't know. Everybody's got their own thing, man. Yeah. The more individual, the more the, the power to the individual is like you know everybody has just their own fucking frequency. But yeah, I totally. What I always liked about you, you were not exclusive, and you definitely aren't. Like you're just open to a lot of different people and a lot of young comics, even bad comics. Like you've always been like kind of a man of the people. And I remember yeah. like, you didn't you have on your Twitter, like don't give me a blue check because I don't want to, what was the quote? I don't want to equal be... nobodies. Yeah, We're equal, not elite. Yeah. All these blue check people think they're fucking better than everybody else. That's like, the word off. I was, elitism. Yeah. yeah, you were always anti-elite. Even yeah. though now you've kind of, made money like not to say you've made money but you've kind of moved up in show business but you've taken some hits here or there on 
on it always happens the hits the hits come with the misses but like the hits come with the, with the whatever you know what i mean it's like it's just part of it it's like uh i mean it's like if you work at a mcdonald's and you manage one and then some guy takes like 20 ketchup packets it's like all right well that was a loss but generally we'll be ahead on this ketchup yeah but like uh yeah yeah but i think you I've went done very better, high but it's still up like, i was gonna pro- put, give you props in the sense i've been reading this one philosopher lao tzu who's uh-huh. like the original buddhist no that now Lao Tzu is anti-violence. Anti, oh, okay. he thinks all violence kind of reverberates eventually, even if it's for good. But he also says, and you shouldn't have weapons around. Like it's all about your personal vibe. But one thing is like going up and going down. They're both dangerous. Like the higher you go up, the more famous you get. The more it gets dangerous if you don't have your feet on the ground. You've always had your feet on the ground. And I remember you right after that Kobe thing, you still were your same self. And I was like, he's going to get through this shit because I've seen it before. I've been been through a few of those where it looked like the end of everything. So it's like, oh. And people are like, they're sending death threats to you. I'm like, you think this is the first death threat I've gotten for a joke? (laughs) Dude, I've been, I'm a a fucking 17, 18 year veteran of death threats. This isn't anything. This aren't real. Yeah. My friends were more upset than I was. I realized at some point, I'm like, oh, I have to calm them down because they're really worried. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) I've already come to terms with this. Yeah. It's funny with social media. I think with the COVID too, is like in the fear everything just moves around so fast and just reverberates so fucking big. Even, you know, everything is like, I always take things with a grain of salt. And like lately I've just been like, you got to take things for face value as they are, you know? And just like, you can't, you you know, Chuck D said, you can't believe the hype, man. You can never believe the hype. It's not real rage. No. It's internet rage. Uh, uh, Somebody was saying this, um, uh, fuck, I forgot what I was just going to say. That's all right. No. I was going to say, I, there. this is what's kind of a bummer, is there was just recently this huge fucking proud boy, right-wing violent dude named Rob Cantrell. Like, <laughs> hitting people. And, like, going... and go, They said he was on the steps of Michigan with a big gun yelling at cops and coughing in their face. And I got all this fucking heat. Just fucking That's a crazy thing. It's like you're just reaching out to some random person. You haven't done any groundwork. You're just an internet sleuth who's not even good at it. And you know how the, you ever hear the stories of the cops who like bust down the door next to the door they're supposed to? They just, they just, it was like 9876 instead of 9879 or whatever. And they bust it and some, some dog attacks them because they're just some home. They're, they haven't done anything wrong. It's two doors over is the problem, you know? And then the dog attacks and they shoot the dog and they go, oh, sorry. It was the wrong house. And, and the guy who throws the dog is like, what? Why are you even here? Yeah. I yeah, didn't do anything. Yeah, that, that whole internet rage. Like, I try not to jump in on any of that. And, and the same thing with, like, my Twitter, my Twitter feed is, like, retweeting Tracy Morgan's television show. And, like, I'm, you know, I'm retweeting, like, Eric Andre. Like, there's no way. I'm as liberal as it gets. Like, I'm, and not liberal in the sense, like, I literally want to live in a treehouse and ride a buffalo around. Like, I literally want to grow weed and grow, drive a buffalo and live in a treehouse is my ultimate, like, fantasy in life. And, uh, and, and pacifism in, in is a number one thing. I was like, you got to check out, you don't have to check out anything. That, but Lao Tzu... Like this philosophy of it, he was talking, and this is what's helped me out with stand-up. It's like, yeah. if you sharpen a knife, if you keep on sharpening that knife, same thing with stand-up, and I think you'll take this, like, 
maybe if you're younger, it won't, but if you keep sharpening, you sharpen it, it eventually gets dull. The knife goes dull. And I think that's with stand-up. You keep on doing it, and do it, you know? If you gotta stand back and let things kind of take its place and keep moving forward. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tr I'm trying to think, how do you relate that to stand-up? Stand shot. up if I go, I'm not getting on stage. I gotta do 20,000 spots. Yeah. I gotta get in this thing. I gotta, and it's like, no, dude. You do the, you get the joke and then you walk away. His whole yeah, thing so, is do the yeah. work, don't attach your ego, but then don't stand around and celebrate yourself. Walk away. Walk away, Just yeah. I think one of the, one of the worst walk. things is, is like social media for stand up and probably for all art forms too, is having all these people going, I fucking hate you, I hate you, and you get wrapped up in negativity. But another thing that people don't quite realize is the positivity fucking holds you back because you have all these people going like, you're great, you're great, and you start going, yeah, yeah I am great. Or after a show where you know you had a B, B minus set, and you go on Twitter and a bunch of fans are like, it was so cool seeing you. And it's, and you had that B minus, which should have driven you to get, write a better joke, suddenly moves up to a B plus because they're like, yeah, these guys are really liking me. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it ain't good for you. No, the ego and getting gassed up is, uh, yeah, getting gassed up in terms of that means like giving you lots of props yeah. and all that. You should it's be confident like right before you go on stage and then unconfident every other moment. Yeah, and but but put everything into the performance and put everything into the, yeah. the bit and then just like let it sit, you know, Judah let and it I stand. Talk, yeah. Judah and then and I walk away. Uh-huh. What's that? Where we said like Judah and I were talking one day, we were like, because he's lived in LA and New York. And um and we were both like I used to get into fights with Kurt Metzger about LA and New York versus New York comedy. And he'd throw some awful LA comic in my face and I'd throw some awful New York comic in his face. We could just go back and forth. And he's like, we have so much better comic. I'm like, no, no, we stole your, when I was in LA, I'm like, we stole your best comics. So you, we had guys that came from the bottom, went all the way up and, and, and flourished. You had guys like Bill Burr who did that and now they're in LA. So we just stole your top talent. Yeah. All you have left is a tell and gaff again from the guys who came from the ground up and now with these massive names, you know, we have, we have New York's Jeselnik. Now that means New York has lost Jeselnik. We have, you know, New York's uh, fucking Bill Burr. We have New York's Joe Rogan. We have all these guys who you guys develop. We and he still goes, yeah, but the lower level. I'm like, ah, you just have more comics. But anyway, here's my point. Yeah. From what I know about practice making perfect, which I believe that, if that's true, it, there should be no doubt that New York comedy is far and away better than L.A. comedy. Because uh, yeah. they get up so much more. It didn't make sense to me for the longest time. And then Judah came up with something like you just said, where it's like, the problem is in New York, you just run set, run set, run sets, run yeah. sets. And in LA, they do it two sets a week. They do it and they think about it for like four days. And they really put some mind into like some mindfulness into like, well, how is this going to go while they're driving? They're thinking about it, you know? Yeah. Why am I doing this? And stuff yeah, like that. Solidified. Like, yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, the first five years, I think you have to, I mean, I was obsessed. That's when I was in uh let me check out your coffee cup. What are you sipping on? A fan made it. It says number one dad on the one side. Nice. And then the other side is uh, from a, a, a scene on Legion of Skanks where Milo Yiannopoulos was feeding me uh, white wine. <laughs> he's yeah, pouring he, it down my throat. <laughs> pouring it down your throat. And he's like this, uh, uh, you know, super edgy uh, provocateur. Uh, provocateur. That's a good way to say it. Better than troll. But yeah, he, when I was there... Because, you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll know somebody. And he said anti-Semitic. That's what they say. I, he's, I, I know, he's I Jewish, know. But that's fine. Yeah, they say a lot of stuff. They say Nazi. They say, like, I, don't Nazi. I, I try not to put labels on anything. The same thing with veganism or vegetarianism. I believe in the moment. Like, 
yeah, sometimes you don't want to fucking eat meat. Maybe you shouldn't fucking, you got to feel the fucking zone. Like maybe yeah. if you're hanging out with some Jewish cats, you know, rock some Jewish shit. If you're, you know, you just got to be in the moment, whatever is the truth because the past is the past and the future, nobody knows what the fuck that is. It's one of my favorite quotes. That, I guess stop saying his name because maybe I got in trouble with this like really tall, nice guy comic. And, uh, and um, somebody said about him, some other female comic said about him that he hates women. And then his response is, man, I've been accused of that by three women. And I'll tell you, I've hated those three women, I, you know? So maybe they're saying, instead of me just hating them, they're putting it to the whole gender. But it's like, no, I hate you. Sure, make it all women if you want, but you're doing women a disservice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, oh, I know what I was going to say about the yeah, internet Yeah, what were you going to say? It, it, my friend just did uh, shrooms for the first time. He's like a clean-cut guy. Comic, yeah, I wanted to was talk like, to you about that. Yeah, and I was okay, and I was like trying to coach him through it. I, I pride myself on you know properly dosing people almost all the time, fucked up here <laughs> or there. But um, well, but, I will uh, say this: I I toured with Bert, homeboy. Yeah. I know Bert from Jay Moore days. Like oh, I yeah. know Bert. Uh, and uh, but I will say I hit up everybody to do this podcast this week, and I hit up Bert, and I know Bert. Like I toured with Bert. Yeah. And I hit up every, like big league dudes. And the two people that got right back to me, the two people, Bill Burr and Ari Shafir. Oh, I thought you were going to say Burt, not Burt. Burt, Burt, no, totally did not get back to me. You know, he's riding this high right now. I love him. I'm not going to I guess so, but Bert. it's like, in, it, yeah, I guess. But, but I'm just saying you're a good guy. I was trying to say you're a good guy and you're up there with Bill Burr. And That's I know nice. our brands don't oh, mesh or whatever that shit is. But no, they mesh. Original comedy. That's all yeah, it is. Just, That's the yeah, brand. Yeah, all it is is I know this motherfucker. Like, yeah. I know you. The I know thing Bill is, when he was doing the Normally, it's like, oh, you're touring. You got so little time with your family. You know, you got other podcasts to do. It's like, I don't know, dude. I can't go over to Queens right now. It's going to be a 45-minute drive over there, uh, subway over there. And then I got to get back. And I just, I'm busy. But I'm like, well, I'm not busy. I'm severely lacking any sort of friendships. Uh, <laughs> and this is a question. The commute to this was 30 seconds to, to fucking, you know, the rumpus room downstairs. So it's like, it's like, I don't know, man. It's fun right now. Why would you not? Yeah, well, I, know, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, he is a fan. I, but I, I wanted to get, say thank you for just getting right yeah, back no to problem. me. Yeah, no problem. And you were in good company because Bill Burr has a movie and a fucking thing coming out. And he's still got time. And then he, he had got right back. He said he couldn't do it this week, but that, a couple weeks later. He's good at he that, too. He got right back Burr, to me. Burr is good at that, too. We're so, okay, I try to forgive people that are too big for not texting back. Totally. Because I used to get mad at them. And, and, then, and then as I got a little more, like... I don't know, followers, a little more busy, I would say. Busy, yeah, you got yeah. emails. It's, it's like, shit. it's not as simple as like, hey man, let me do this. It's like, you got 30 texts instead of two, you know, or 50 emails yeah. instead of five. And then you're like, I, I just don't, you're like, oh, I can't do that later. I got to respond. Where's that one about the adage? Okay, let me respond to that. And then someone's like, come to dinner. I'm like, fuck, fuck, okay. And you just, stuff falls away. And stuff I used to get mad away, about yeah. it, but then it's like, you can't, you, they're definitely busy. And, unless, unless they're like, hey, fuck you, don't call me anymore. It's like, well, that's an affront. But just ignoring you is like, I used to be like, just talk, call me back or email me back. But now I get it. But Bill Burr, when he – Burr will get like that. But Bill Burr, when he gets like that, two weeks later, he's like, hey, man, I, I fucking – I'm sorry. I forgot to call you back, but I will. And I, and I really apologize. It, was, it wasn't cool. I was like, all right, thanks. You don't have to. But yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, a real yeah. guy too. He's a, yeah, he kept, he kept There's a bunch it. of real cats. Is, I say saying who kept it real with me. Even though you get, you get nothing out of, uh, out of the cannabis coffee hour. You, you yeah, came on and you're drinking some coffee. Yeah. Uh, 
This speaker, hold on. This speaker keeps on bleeping over here. Bleeping? One second. You got some crack on you, though, dude. I just saw a nice crack when you stood up. Listeners, he can't hear this right now, but he had some crack. Okay. Yeah, somebody's cool. got to freeze frame that. All right, please back. I'm not gonna uh, freeze frame that crack. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, the guy right, right fucking back to me. Do you drink coffee, my man? Yeah, I didn't always. I just started. Oh, so you just, what do you do? You, call, you talk to people about coffee and weed? Or do you I kinda, just it's it kind of, I did start doing the Bill Burr method. I had a lav mic. And I was like, I got to do a podcast I've done before, but it's all about space and using other people's time. And that gets expensive. So I just started doing solo ones, just solo ones, solo ones, smoking bowls, talking everything out. Some are boring, some are this, some are that, but it's been organic and I've built it up. But yeah, I kind of, I talked about meditating. I talk about doing yoga. I talk about coffee. Yeah, I talk about just life in general. Yeah, I wake up, I drink coffee, I drink a smoothie. I try do you to try to like? Do you try to like if the, if the, if the, if you're doing it with somebody else? Because the Bill Burr method is good in terms of like fucking scheduling. I try to do my intros. I try to get, make them go longer and longer. I used to hide ads in there. I would get them a little longer and longer because I'm like, hey, if it gets too hard, or if I move to like another country, I want to be able to like have some training or do this by myself. Yeah, no, no, the total training. It was total open mic night. I, I guess I, I have. My profile isn't that big and everybody's doing po podcasts that I was just like, yeah, I'm going to treat it like doing pull-ups, man. I'm going to keep it going. Yeah, and sure. then, then the numbers came in people from Amsterdam are emailing me, you know, oh, and I got yeah. great, you know, I got stories. Uh, but yeah, sometimes I, I am interested in what people drink. Like you never drank coffee. It's a good way. It's a good way. This kind of thing. I'll get into it in a second, but it's a good way of like, if the conversation starts to lag, it's like, well, let's talk about coffee. Yeah, you know? yeah. If it's, let's talk about <laughs> I got coffee. two things. Let's talk about weed. Let's talk about coffee. It's like, ah, okay. If we're like, ooh, so. so. I was like, what's your favorite coffee? I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never drank it, man. I was always like kind of hated the taste. I wouldn't even cut off the ice cream. And then I it dated is weird. Some, I dated some girl in uh and I had it once or twice, you know. And I hooked up with some girl in um in um Edinburgh. Did you ever do Edinburgh? I haven't done Edinburgh. Oh. Uh, like uh, I've been to Amsterdam. The things I've done, I did the cannabis cup in Amsterdam. Wow. For high times. And I did the Milvig Theater. And uh, that was like a couple thousand. And Damn. that was amazing. Um, and then I actually did a documentary that I showed at the Cannes Film Festival. Like at a, at a, at a just a fucked up like DIY theater. My brother works for the Navy. And I went over there and uh to visit him in italy and then i went down to the Cannes film festival so those are the two places in europe like i have i don't know oh, really I, my europe game is not that great but my southeast asia i wanted to talk to you about southeast asia i did six months in southeast asia backpacking in 1999 wow. when the dollar was booming before cell phones 99 yeah people asked me so this is perfect people ask me they're like because what i did when i went is i put my fucking cell phone in my drawer Turn, oh. turned, I, I gave my friend, I said, change my passwords for my email, my Twitter, my, my whatever. Keep those passwords. I, I don't want to get them, so don't give them to me. Started a new email for people I met when I was gone. I had a little burner smartphone with like one gig of space, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, maybe it's 500 megabytes. Either way. But it was like, I couldn't get into anything. I was like, it was distant. But people were like, how are you going to do it without like smartphones and stuff? I'm like, I don't know. How did my fucking uncle do it? Or how did perfect yeah. you do it in 1999 you, fucking you just do it you just do it man you just keep moving you know how did you find yeah. where the hostels were uh it was all the lonely planet that book lonely planet 
you always had the lonely planet and and the resource yeah and I, yeah my 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 story was i got i got a job right out of college i was an english major waited tables all through college i was like i don't want to fucking wait tables too scared to do stand up knew how hard it was going to be and uh and so I, this sales job was killing me, but I stuck it. I stuck it out for like three and a half years, and I saved up ten grand. That's all you need. That's that's good for a year in Dude, Asia. And this almost. is the thing: uh, when I went, and I went with one of my friends that was a river raft guide, and he was also from DC, and he was a tough. Kid. He, he was a good travel dude, like a kid if he could scrap, he could fight. He wasn't a horn dog. He wasn't a drug meister. He was just a good, safe dude. He was a little bit not as weeded out as I was. Yeah. And uh, so I traveled with him. But the, what I was going to say was, this was Bill Clinton was in the office when I went, and the dollar was booming, uh, booming. So it was the minute I got off the plane, my money doubled. Wow. Doubled, like completely doubled. So I could say, I, I, did you ever make it? My place in Southeast Asia was Riley Beach, which is Where's... off of uh, where the full moon pot full moon party like you go Copenhagen? down to, yeah you go down to Copenhagen, right you go to Krabby, you go to yeah. Copenhagen, and then you take another boat and you take another boat and there's this one island it's all these straight it's a big for climbers for uh, uh for uh, big on climbers but it's the same place they filmed the beach like literally those big pylons coming out and I lived on that beach in a hut and I knew everybody, <laughs> like I had the whole place and you could smoke weed on the beach and, uh, and it was quiet. That place wasn't like found out. That's, you know, some of these places are so backpackered, Australian, it's, it's kind of yeah. dirty. Yeah. Kind of like, there's a lot of like ecstasy, which is cool, but at the same time, it's not, it's not chill because they're all dancing. Well, that was the same problem with the, the beach where it's like, shit. once people found out about it, it was like, it's ruined. So like, yeah, it became, the people are going not just to find a thing, but like, I want to do that thing for a little bit and then go back. It's like, ah, you're just, you're just, Sean Patton talks about this, all these people move to New Orleans, but the problem is they're just looking at other people be New Orleans and, and he's like, motherfucker, join in with us. <laughs> Be a part of the city. Don't just stare at everybody doing parades and take pictures. Fucking get in the parade. Yes. yes. So my friend took me to a place in Cambodia. I don't like to say names or places. I'll just say the whole country. I went to Cambodia for a couple months, man. I had, a, I had some dark times. Not dark, but uh, let me think. In Cambodia, yeah, 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 yeah. I ate something wrong there. Food <laughs> poisoning? Me. Yeah, I got food poisoning. And I That's saw a bear sucking his own dick. <laughs> really? I walked out of this. I walked out of this hotel. Hot, I was smoking so much herb, and that was the one time I was in northern Thailand one time, and I I got a hold, and they said it was opium, but I think it was black tar heroin. But uh, and I smoked some of that on my joints, like I put it on the rolling paper. I'm not proud of that shit. But uh, in Cambodia, should be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't that good. And I look back, and I'm like. No, but the one, the, the magical one was drinking the mushroom shakes at, uh, down by Krabby at the full moon party. Like at they the full moon party, yeah. At the full moon party. That was, that was, that was, I talked about it on the last podcast. It's, like, it's a weird thing how when it's legal like that, you know, where they're just serving them and you pay t tender over a bar to get those shakes. It, it's just like, and since it's not legal almost anywhere, you're just like, this is so fucking cool. On yeah. top of just getting the shrooms, you know, it's like, it's, it's cool. When I saw a fucking, there's, a, there's a, an occasional, all through Southeast Asia, there's an occasional 
Bob Marley bar. And that's where you can buy joints, shitty, awful weed joints. I but love like, you awful can, weed. You can get them and they pay off the cops. They figure out however you want to do it. There was this bar in Cambodia, same way. But like, but it's like. Oh, the Happy Herb Bistro. Did they still have that in Cambodia? Where you, yeah. they put the weed in happy the pizza. pizza. Happy pizza. Happy pizza. Make it extra happy. Make it extra happy. Extra happy. Yeah, yeah, that was my place. I hung out there and I uh, had a motorcycle. I did the whole thing. I had my fucking uh, Lonely Planet. Uh, thing I went over the handlebars coming down. I did a month in Bali. I got to surf in Bali. Like I did all of this shit even before stand up. Before that uh, was like the jump off when I went to San Francisco and I lived in a hostel uh, in San Francisco and started working out at all those clubs or all those open mics. Dude, I went to a hostel in San Francisco last time I was there. I was Green walking. tortoise. Mine was right in North Beach, and it was right by all the strip clubs. So strippers like lived at the hostel, <laughs> and it was it was it was my closest I've ever lived. Like when they say you lived on the street, like I literally <laughs> you're like a street adjacent. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it was it's it right was there. dealers and strippers. Like it literally, you know that scene like Welcome to the Jungle where it has. It has, dude, it has uh, Axl Rose comes off the bus with a hayseed, and he's like, I'm here in big LA. Like, it literally felt, and it's all junkies and shit. It felt like that. Like, I was, like, in the middle of the shit. And That's living hard. and trying to get through it all. And doing stand-up. And that was right before I got Last Comic Stand. It was, like, but it was some of the funnest, like, more prime. So this is what I want to ask you, because this is what I noticed when I got back. The, the, the level of, for six months, most of the book, I did four, but, like, the level I, of I would say it was like I had I took six months off, but I did about four at the end of it. Like okay. going from LA and I ended up in California bouncing around. It the level of freedom was like nothing I've ever experienced before or since. And I thought I was pretty free, but like man, the utter lack of responsibility of like you're in some city and you're like, Oh, I think I'll take two more days here. I've been here for a few days in a hostel. I think I'm gonna go from here, I'm gonna go northwest on a bus. I heard there's this festival over there. Um, and then somebody's like, oh, hey, dude, we're going to uh, Southeast. There's a, there's like a, 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 I don't know, a fucking cliff we want to climb. And you're like, um, yeah, okay, I'll do that instead. And yeah. then you go 10 hours the other direction. And it's like, just the ability to be like, I can go, I can do either. Or like, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to stay an extra day here. Who cares? Yep. I, as soon as I got back, it was just like, I hadn't realized, but it's just flood of responsibility hit me. And I'm an irresponsible guy. I'm a comic, you know, I don't have kids or anything where it's like, but even with that, it's like just returning emails. You got to return emails. You got money things. Back. You got gigs. You got to get there. You got to line yeah. it up. Whereas it's like, oh yeah, the bus is over here or you could take this weird boat. Yeah. You just go walk over there. And if you're, and everything's kind of cash. I never, I didn't do much on credit cards. Everything was just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, and somebody saw me like this dude. I remember I was on this boat going from island to island, just like with my backpack in my fucking Lonely Planet book. And I ran into somebody from D.C. They were like, they looked up. They'd been there for like a week. And they said, oh, shit. <laughs> and I've been there. Like, I dropped off the face of the earth. Like, I sold everything I had. Wow. I got it down. To, I remember even going to the airport. Like, I'm going. I'm, this is it. Like, Wasn't that a great oh, feeling of unsurety? You're at the oh, airport the with, best. like, everything you're going to have is on your back. Yeah. And so, like, 
I got tried to get sold something in on, on Lombok or somewhere in Indonesia. Yeah. And like, and someone's like, you want to buy, you know, they're just hawking shit. I'm white. So they don't know the difference between backpackers and, you don't have, and fucking tourists. Yeah. You know, like backpackers don't have the money just because we're both white. You can't tell the difference. We don't want to buy an armoire with a fucking yeah, Buddha or even that. a big, like, like a rug or something like that. And I'm like, hey, you can understand if I buy this because they're like, all right, half price. I'm like, no, no, if I buy this, I had to drop something else. There's no room in my bag. That means I have to let go of some jeans. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not about There's the no, price. It's about the space. About the space. And it's heavy. And it's carrying shit. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the less is more. No, the more in life I get to, it's like more philosophy. I've been re- it's like removing things. Like you build stuff up. But right now I'm at a process of I'm trying to remove. Okay, remove all this anger. Remove all this bitterness. Remove. Do I really need all this? Do I need a gym membership? Or can I go to the park and do pull-ups and take a walk? You know? I think people are learning that now through this. Like yeah. what they do need and stuff, where it's like, well, they really is really need. pleasant. Yeah, it's it's nice just talking to my mom. It's nice, you know. It's like, oh, that, I haven't done that for a while. Why? Why did I not? And I know a lot of people, especially I know like corporate people in Hollywood corporate. You know, I asked my agent, and I'm like, yeah, it's tough. He's a booking agent, so he's got no work now. Yeah, you know? uh, just rescheduling is really it. And um. And just trying to play the weight game. Just like, yeah. should we do June? Should we do August? Just guessing, yeah. But it's like, <laughs> none of this work is really, like, necessary if shows were still going on. I was like, how is it? It goes, not good, but, like, hey, I have a new daughter, my first daughter, and I get to spend time with her, which is actually pretty cool. Like, you know, you can compartmentalize the good and the bad. They're, not, they're mutually exclusive on some level, you know? Yeah. It's shitty that my, you know, great-grandfather died of this, but it's nice that I do this, you know? No, don't have to like be at odds. And so I was like, totally. do any of you guys talk about maybe not going back to the office? And he was like, yeah, dude, we do. We're like, well, a meetings only. Why else are we there? We're working for our phones and computers. Why can't I be at home with my daughter? Yeah, my wife just told me about that, that Facebook corporate, like they're Twitter. not going back to an office structure. Like everybody's moving, working from home. And then my brother-in-law is the head of IT for Sony Music. And he's working at home from Jersey. And he's like, he, he doesn't think he's going to go back. Like, they're restructuring all this shit. Like, yeah. Comedy Central's, like, everything's yeah. changed. It's kind of, and it brings me, I wrote this quote because I did watch your YouTube and I thought it was cool. Uh, you doing yoga and shit. Yeah. But uh, this <laughs> yeah. is what Bob Marley said. It's like, one love, one heart, one destiny. I wish we were all hippies and did yoga, lived in cottages, smoked weed accepted everyone for who they are and listened to wonderful music and i was like yeah <laughs> that'd be pretty fun that's the that'd gig man fun. you just got your fucking little elf village and you just yeah. chill out you got yeah. your lawn like you, you you're hanging out that's the cool thing about old people is they're not caught up in the game you said you were talking to your mom like just having tea with your mom my mom's like in like 89 i just had to put her in a in a you know assisted living i had yeah. to go through all that shit but That's sweet, uh, she gets a bunch of slaves now. I know she gets everything. <laughs> nice. I mean, she eats nice. cheeseburgers for fucking breakfast. She's got much better food. You know, she's falling. They're picking her up. She's it's it's much better. And if she was in D.C. during the nineteen during the COVID, it would not have worked. Like it's not it good there. No, it's not good. Not Here. good at all. Um, yeah, it's weird how like you start to see. Once you get removed from, I know a lot of people stay with their parents or friends and they're like, oh, this is way nicer than New York. Why am I going to go back there? You just get caught up in it and you're like, I don't know, maybe you're really into tall buildings, but if you're into nature, maybe it's not the best place for you. It's time to, I, I didn't know how shitty LA was until I moved away from LA. 
Yeah. And then like six months later, I went back and I could see it fresh. And I'm like, ew, <laughs> everybody here fucking sucks. And that smog and that just dirty dirt. Like oh, asphalt. and they all value the worst things. They all value money over quality on such an extreme level. Yeah, but the true Californians, California, like we right, right, grew right, on right, California, right. like the true people that were born and raised, like the nature part of California, like there's nothing right. like, like Lake Tahoe. And I've been around the world. Lake Tahoe is like one of the most beautiful places in the Up near Baco is really nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't even know anything about like uh, Malibu or any of that shit. I'm sure it's fucking pimp out oh, there. Oh, God, it's great. Oh, yeah, that yeah. part is nice as shit. That's yeah, why yeah, you yeah. try to make it work. It's like dating a super hot chick and be like, I, I should maybe dinner once. <laughs> like, yeah, she sucks and you know it. Sure, <laughs> points to a few things that are nice. Found out. That's why I like Michigan. Like I've been eyeing up Michigan just because it's cheap and the weed is, I like places that are like the weed is yeah. legal and it's like, that's that's all my politics is like, I just want weed to There's, be legal. I want, I don't want war. I think guns are stupid. I think violence is stupid. I think mushrooms, when I trip mushrooms, I know that we're all living organisms. And if I remove my ego, I'm just the same as a tree or, you know, there's no, yeah. we play this like value game. It's like, yeah, but you know, I don't know. But the, the cool thing about art is cool. I see it. Is, uh, is just, you know, I don't know. I, I do enjoy, uh, I, don't, it, I, I feel like I'm just, we're all learning and opening up to so many things that are obvious. But yeah. now it's really like, that's why I'm going hard on cannabis. Like, I'm just like, this thing's going to be legal after this. This is the only industry that's actually doing any real business in America. Right it's got to be fully legal. As people start going like, uh, everyone's alcoholism is way up. And it's like, just let them smile. It's, it's, it's almost done now. And every time somebody's like, don't fuck around in Texas, they'll arrest you. Like, actually, you can just go to a store and get it. And they're like, oh, really? Like, everything changed. Everything. What's, the, what's going on in Texas? Have you, like, I did, Sean Rouse got me a good bag of weed when I worked with him. John I don't House know what it is, is now. Nasty. I just remember a couple places where Joe Rogan was like warning me, like, don't fuck around here. Like, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm like, dude, it's South. legal now. It's, it's yeah. different. It's not 25 years ago. It's yeah. every state, pretty much. It's very few states that where you're like, they'll bother you if you're a white guy for fucking having weed on you. Yeah. Almost every state, the worst they'll do is say, drop it. Yeah. But there's still, I mean, if you're white, still if you're white. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. This, if there's still there's dick cops for sure. There's dick cops, and uh, the South it gets tricky, and uh, yeah. mushrooms and shit is worse. But in terms of what you're talking about, stuff getting found out. So my friend who told me about the full moon party, I was in Hong Kong doing shows, and she was like dating a comic, and, and she was telling me she was like, "You would like a full, this full moon party," and she told me about it, and it got in my head. And like a couple years later, I went, and um, and then a few years after that. I went to Asia just backpacking. It's so much fun, dude. Yeah. I'm so glad you did that. We got to do it. Yeah, yeah. The, the beaches, yeah. We got to the beaches are so beautiful down yeah. there. So she took me to this yeah. island in Cambodia and she goes, there's like three huts there and that's it. A one yeah. hostel and three huts. And, and she, we went, and I'm like, and she goes, oh, fuck, it's way more built up. And we had to kind of go around the outside of the, the island to get to where it was like less. But like, and even that, if I went back four years later, I bet it's all built up. I know. So it's like you want to get stuff when it's just like not found out. When it's not found out and you can't talk about it. You, you can't, can't talk, talk about, about it. it. You got to keep your mouth shut. I got There's you as a, a guest. I didn't tell anybody. I was yeah. like, I, I kept this on the low, man. I'm going to say, we're gonna, I'm going to fuck with Ari, see how this thing uh, plays out, and then I'm going to put writer. it out. Yeah, this uh, is writer Olga. Hold on. Olga writer. Uh, yeah, Olga Tokarchuk. 
and she has she's it's polish or whatever is that what it is polish nobel laureate writer yeah she has this book about uh travel where are you and she said you're not supposed to, i gotta get the exact quote but she goes you're not supposed to name things you yes. name things if you're a travel writer you're ruining them yes uh you're taking and you're ruining so people like like let's say new york we both know new york right yeah and if i was writing a book about new york it's different than if you if my friend's visiting and like uh, where should i go I'm like oh dude come 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 with me to this or like there might be a th- this thing but if you're writing about it then everyone reading it tries to recreate the experience that, that rob cantrell had yeah instead of just going and fighting it for themselves because what you found for yourself was i don't know i walked into this coffee shop it was so cool i got i got the fucking i don't know the cow soy chicken and it was just really good and they're like you gotta go to this coffee shop you gotta get the cow soy chicken yeah. but that wasn't <laughs> yeah. your experience your experience was guessing and the place next door could have been just as good but it's yeah. not finding it for yourself and you ruin it with names so i'm more and more trying to be like not give out names just experiences just ex- experiences and no names, non-judgment no and just mm-hmm. like kind of letting the universe kind of lead you to where the where you think you can go i mean things open up if you just quiet everything down and just yeah. like uh, especially with travel that's where i met like there was a couple times like we couldn't make the thing over to the thing and we missed the wrong bus and we're gonna be <laughs> yeah. stuck here we don't have any money but if you just cool out if you just cool out, <laughs> shit works out. Because you know? you're like, I can't get to this place. I'm like, well, you didn't even know that city existed until five days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're in another city that you also didn't know existed five days ago. So like, I don't know, man, whatever though, really, right? Yeah. You're in some other Indonesian like town. You're going to find something that. else. Eat some yeah. goat. Uh, like you were we- saying... It's hard to cut you off. I, I, I just, uh, I have so many, we, we only have an hour, so I just want to be like, I'm just pouring out with you. I don't get to see you a lot. Coffee, yeah. But good and bad comes from the same thing. That's what I've learned. It's like, it all comes from the same fucking thing. What do you like, mean? Whether you have something that bad, like the COVID shit, some other shit. Well, right, right. It's, it's, it's lending itself to good experiences. And yeah, experiences. There, there's something over here. If you just cool out and go over there, it's gonna, you know, you could surf it. You could, I don't know. There's, there's a Zen thing to it all. I had real um, But that's depression. what I've been feeling about yeah. like hanging with people that have different opinions of me or hanging with people that are, you know, new or you're just like, I'm not sure about this dude. Or you had this whole preconceived shit going on in your head. It was just like, man, it all comes from the fucking same source. Yeah, I had some real bad, de- not real bad, moderate depression actually later when I thought about it, but like, but that's bad. And I had this therapist, he was like, well, what's, what, what good has come out of it? And I was like, what? Are you out of your mind? What are you talking about? And he goes, no, I know it's bad overall, but like compartmentalize every detail, what's good? And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I look at stuff for stand up in a more critical, with a more critical eye, which is kind of interesting. He goes, all right. What else? And it was just like, I can name like three or four things that were like beneficial to me because of my uh, depression. And it's like, yeah, you can do that with almost anything. It's like, focus on the good parts. And yeah, I think it probably helped your empathy towards people. You Does know, I think you, you, you know, you're just like, dude, you, when you, and I, I have a touch of depression. My dad died when I was 10 in a car accident suddenly. Like, so I've, I've always, I think that's why I smoke weed. That's why, you know, I've always kind of go towards something that's healing that hurt part of me because we all get damaged and fucked up. And especially in New York, they say it's a lot of anger here because it's so many people and you're just fighting all the time and you have to swallow this anger that it does lead to depression. So I worry about that type of stuff. So that's why 
I do smoke weed. I have a little bit of cannabis here. I am going to take an edible while we hang out. I just got one of these for the first time. Oh, a super packs? Just a pack. Yeah, packs two. The packs two is dope, man. And you got some good flour. Did you get it in Maryland? No. So what I did was I, because I, I'm doing like full quarantine. My parents are elderly, so I, I don't, I don't go to the supermarket ever. We do delivery groceries, and like, it, it's weird. But I can't, I can't be going to a dispensary. So yeah, that's, um, <laughs> that's some nasty. Yeah. <laughs> I took, I took everything uh, I had from my apartment and just like. And I mean, I had lots. I always have lots of weed from the road. I got cool fans, and and and, and every time I'm in, every time I'm in L.A., San Francisco, Denver, Seattle, it's Portland, been a party and brand. Yeah, I take back tons of shit with me. I don't give a fuck. Wow. Um, I I just don't care. It's like whatever. Eventually, I'll get arrested. But at this point, it'll you did help three my nights brand. in jail. That's what spooked me. Really? That, yeah, I told you that story. You know yeah. about that. Uh-huh. I got hit up. So that's why I've always been kind of a pussy with traveling. But I do know just like times are changing, man. People are, times are changing. Times are changing with the Herbo. I mean, and my, my agent told me too. He goes, it, I was like doing something with drugs or, or whatever. And, um, and he goes, dude, don't get arrested. If you get arrested and miss a tour date, this is when I was just getting, you know, those $1,500 a week's places. Yeah. You know, like the, the club is like, all right, we'll have you. Yes. But, but no bargaining chip. They, you know, they would deem it, I can headline. And, and do um, five shows for him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and um, and um, he goes, if you get arrested and miss one of those shows, they're never going to have you back. And there's going to be eight more clubs who heard that you fucking blew off a show because of drugs and they're not going to have you. So he's like, dude, this isn't going to help you at all. When you get big enough, it'll be cool to get arrested. And I remember at some point, like seven years later, I was like, hey, dude, could I get arrested and make it benefit my career? He goes, fuck. Yeah, I think at this point it would actually help you. <laughs> I think every club would still have you, and I think it would be like a cool selling point. <laughs> so yeah. at this point, I really don't care. But anyway, I took everything I had with me, and I fucking left. But now I'm getting some fucking some shit shipped. Yeah. Uh, yeah, flowers dried up. I've been chasing everybody down, and what? I just powered. I even smoked all CBD flour. <laughs> oh. Just to smoke something. Yeah, I like it. I, I for me, I don't need super. Like I, I like homegrown, grown outside, outdoor, or outdoor. I go Chill. to Jamaica. I've been ben to Jamaica. Ben and Jerry style. Yeah, I'm not into down in the basement. Did you super cush? It's a psychoactive yeah. drug. Yeah, the dab thing. Like I've hit them. I can do it. I I can hang with anybody when it comes to herb. But at the same, I just want three hits of a joint. And then maybe a couple hours later, hit another joint. You know? Dude, when I started smoking and I started going to dispensaries, you know, I started in the legal system. I didn't start in the illegal system. Yeah. So um, I remember going to a dispensary and be like, hey, listen, I usually smoke cigarettes when I write and I had to stop smoking cigarettes. Do you have anything like really weak that I can buy? And they're like, yeah, we got Mexican weed. We can sell you some Mexican weed. You can smoke a whole joint of Mexican weed and you, you, you can still write. And I was like, that's what I want. And they were like, what you want. Yeah. Those five dollar fucking joints of, of garbage that were worth two. Yeah, in uh, Thailand, that's what I liked. I like. Oh, I love it. You just sit there and splits. smoke, and it's almost like smoking a cig- cigarette. Yeah, it's almost it's the same as smoking a cigarette, but you're not getting the nicotine. You're not getting you know. You're but you're still enjoying it. Like I see all you guys just smoking cigars, and I'm like, I've had a few good cigars, but I'd much rather just have a good spliff. Like oh yeah, for sure, a, a spliff that's just gr- but not that super cush like hydro. Go fuck yourself in the head. I just want the regular, just sun grown. Yeah, I Dude, think I, I never like mixing it with the tobacco. I never like that. I know I've got I got into that before. I mean, I was dipping skull when I was in the sixth grade. Like, I I I had I had my run with tobacco. Like, I kicked it with weed. 
I kicked, I, I was in, I hit San Francisco. I went backpacking and I got into rolling drums with hashish. I got into that whole thing. I loved it. Um, but I was just, I was ingesting too much smoke. And I remember I did talk to this homeless dude that would give advice in San yeah. Francisco. And I was like, man, I'm worried. I'm smoking cigarettes and I'm smoking weed. And he's like, you got to pick one. <laughs> got to pick one because you're ingesting too much. And I was like, you're right. And then I just went full in. And anytime I wanted to smoke a cigarette, I would huff down a joint. like Because half joint. of it is like, just wait five minutes. The, 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 the feeling will pass for the cigarette. So yeah, if the joint will get you there that. to where it passes, then let it pass. Uh, dude, yeah. I, I, my, my roommate in Edinburgh, he smokes spliffs. Everyone there smokes spliffs. Half they do. Minutes, you know? I know, yeah. And it's they so try annoying. to get it on you. It's like crack. They, I was they, a, yeah. I was they a always pass it once. to you and like, hey, you want some weed? And you're and like, ah, Sherrod always does that. I'm like, fuck Yeah, Sherrod always does that. And yeah. they always go, it makes it last longer. I'm like, no, you're just cutting it with, it doesn't make it last longer. Have a one hitter and then smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Or the <laughs> cannabis will make you live longer. There's a whole thing about it bringing your heart pressure down. Like I'm about the health reasons and yeah. for the cycle, like to keep my temper, just for sleep, all of it. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. is, it's, you know, I don't know. I'm au natural when it comes to all that stuff. I mean, nicotine is good, but they say high CBD in Switzerland. That's what they do with medical marijuana. And I think that's what they should do in the States. High CBD. Just high CBD, you know, still have the THC, but don't give them the super funk, super grown underneath. That's the secret of, of medical marijuana. Yeah. Where they're like, so it helps people? Like, yeah, but not this stuff. This stuff actually <laughs> hurts people. It puts them in a coma. Well, it that can other kill shit helps. Pain people. though, that super fun uh, yeah. later will kill <laughs> it some. Kills pain. the emotional pain. Um, uh, it could kill some. No, it, I mean, it'll do anything. Like, but when you I, think about the the benefits of like fucking cataracts and shit, you ain't thinking about <laughs> you ain't thinking about the Matt's number one OG or the fucking third eye yeah, yeah, or any yeah. of the fucking great strains. Um, but I was smoking at Daniel Slosser's house. We were watching a UFC late at night in Scotland. And uh, it's just 4 a.m. it starts, you know? And we're all doing fucking, my parents are powder, and we're like enjoying ourselves. And I, everyone's outside smoking, and I light up a joint. And I light it, and I passed it. Somebody else smoked it, and then passed it on. And, um, and then by the third guy, the first guy was like, I started coughing. And I was like, wait, goes, was that a pure? And I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, was that, did you just give me a pure? And I'm like, I don't, what does that mean? He goes, you got to warn somebody if it's all weed. Yeah, these fucking Europeans, man. Europeans, booze and cigarettes, man. It's like automatic. It's like air. It's like air. And uh, I can understand it. I love pubs. I love loud music and cigarettes and talking shit. But I'm done with it, man. I just want just good spliffs. That's you know, that's what was so great about San Francisco that I enjoyed, man. What the weed, dude? San Francisco. It was it was weed before it was fully legal. I remember in LA it got like legal, but still like looked down on i remember in san francisco remember mama's mama's yeah, yeah. like the morning food whatever place yeah and uh monte cristo and there was a park right by there and i saw people sitting in the park smoking with, and like 10 feet over or less was like two-year-olds four-year-olds and it was just so casual like yeah we don't we're not embarrassed about this in any way san francisco had it down that's where the Grateful Dead's from, man. Are you kidding me? That's it opened up. San Francisco is heavy. It bums me on about the whole Google shit, but it's like, yeah, in terms of psychedelics, it expanded consciousness around the globe. Like LSD came from, you know, Crowley and those Grateful Dead shows and those, 
that that was the first time people started like tripping with a bunch of people like your shroom fest that was where and that's you know nobody was doing that in 1943 right no that was where in america consciousness went boom and opened up right fucking wow. there uh Dude, i was ta- i was hearing about grateful dead how they would just dose everybody that came into the green room <laughs> they put it in soda that. they put it in popcorn everything and you get in there you have no idea and then you're just fucked fucked up man they uh, said santana for woodstock he got those by them and and the only thing that got him through that gig is he goes i could just i remember the music but the only thing that got him through it goes it was not the first time i've been dosed <laughs> so when it happened he's like oh this is coming and it was like there's a big show i gotta do this right <laughs> and he did it great yeah and it was his best set i watched that at woodstock documentary and it was like his like notorious set was woodstock and he didn't him and jerry were hanging out and jerry gave him the acid and then they were like you got to go on you know that famous yeah. like you got to go on now and he's like dude i thought i had like five hours like you gotta <laughs> you can't spring that shit on me and it was still daylight but he plays soul survival but you see it on his face like he's barely just he's just in, in the pocket because he's like super high on acid at the time it's like one of his best performances of all time yeah uh, I was going to ask you, because I do like talking music. Did you ever go through a jam band phase? Did you ever go through a Grateful Dead? Did you ever see the dead? I saw what's left of them now, whatever cool. they call it. Um, yeah, before, Dead and Company. Dead and Company. Me and Renazisi saw them at Bonnaroo uh, three, four years ago. Nice. Um, yeah, I saw like a level of fame coming at me, which I was un- uneasy with. Yeah. And I was like, I better do some shit now that i cannot do when a bunch of people recognize me and it was it was uncomfortable for Anazisi because he was still middle uh, middle of the league like you're six of the league and every time we were like trying to like zone out and lay on the grass is there people like hey you kevin from the league and like fucking take him out of it i felt bad for him but the fame and like i said going up is it's scary like the higher you go up the more famous you get like it it's good like you can help i think the thing is helping when you go up you should help people and you should help people for sure but it's also awful it's awful to lose your anonymity i have no interest in fame in any way i mean if i could be daft punk where no one knows what i look like they would just come see my shows you know yeah. if i wore a helmet all the time fucking perfect yeah but, i'm not into gossip and but but i do love steve how is steve doing i was gonna ask you because he's, he's our good. age he's our age yeah his dad passed uh, not I from did. this, not from this, but yeah, you know, something else. And it's just he like, had cancer. No, I worked. I used to open. Steve threw me a couple opening gigs a few years ago when he was popping, popping. Yeah. And uh, but I remember talking to him about his dad. Yeah, Steve's a great guy. Tell yeah, him I his said dad hello. was cool too. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got into it where we got into a pocket in the crowd where no one recognized him, and uh, and we're fucking gacked out on shrooms and. For the first time, I always thought it was lame that these jam bands, it's like they're just jamming and it's kind of like jazz and improv where I've always heard jazz and improv are the same because it's more fun for the people doing it than the people listening. Um, and for the first time when I was on shrooms and then you know you zone out, I, was, I saw the benefit of a 23 minute long song. Yeah. Because when they did change songs, it kind of brought you out of it because the beat changes, you know? And if that happens every three minutes, you can't get really lost. When it happens in 25 minutes, you're like, wow, I was in another place. How, how are you? Like, I was gone too. Then we talk for two minutes and then you just like zone out again for as fucking, that pretty guy is fucking jamming for fucking 30 minutes. Because sometimes like when you're in that state, you don't want to like talk socially. You kind of just want to, 
you want something safe to move around and kind of see some lights and kind of experience, you know, living consciousness, Uh existence, you're experiencing existence and being like in that moment. No, I I used to make fun of the Grateful Dead and all this shit, but I did get to see them with Jerry at RFK. Wow. I saw them at RFK in 97 when I was waiting tables at a Mexican restaurant. Smoked a bunch of weed, went in there, hung out. My friend used to deal acid and fucking coke and all that shit. I hung out with some sketch lines, but the cool dudes, like, you know, dudes that saw the Grateful Dead a few times, but uh, with Jerry. And they were like deadheads. But now, the older I get, that's what I've been listening to a lot of dead. What have you been listening to? Um, lately, I don't know, like, like older shit, like 60s and 70s. I'm getting a little psychedelic rock, early psychedelic rock, like Donovan. Yes. And, uh, people that were just like i don't know man it's just kind of some shit holds up it, in addition to like newer shit but just lately I, i've been kind of off the newer stuff and, and like rediscovering these bands that were like t-rex and like these bands that were like oh how did i not know about this and just because i didn't know about it i mean if you do it like literature where there's tons of books coming out every year but you still like want to be great gatsby you know yeah so like why am i not listening to the the fucking most amazing i edit james i was listening to a little bit man she could fucking That's wail yeah, Etta Jane, is that blues, blues? jazz, yeah. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, some of them, like, I, I just, like, when I first heard it, when I was, like, you know, 16, I'm like, lame, you know? Yeah. And then I, I honored that that 16-year-old kid for too long. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this shit's great. My tastes have changed. I get why they're awesome. Uh, um, what's you got to change it up. No, I'm the same yeah. way. I used to make fun of the dead. Now I just listen to them all the time. Jazz, people would make fun of, but I kind of get jazz. I saw that Miles Davis thing and, like, yeah. The thing about jazz I like is not that I love it, but sometimes I don't want to hear words. Same thing with, with, with electronic music. Like somebody just singing their soul like, Ooh, ba, da, 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 and I'm yeah. like, I don't want to hear your shit. Just give me the vibe. You, you ever know? been to that bar with me in, uh, in New York, that, that jazz place? Which one? So in my old neighborhood, I don't want to say the name because I really don't want to ruin it because I use it still. Yeah, but uh, J.F. Harris told me about it when I moved there. He was like, oh, you got to go to this place on this night. And I'm like, really? It was because every other night, because Fultron, me and him were Irish roommates for, for a season. We yeah, like switched that. departments. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, do you go to that bar? He goes, yeah, all the time. It's great. There's only like four or five people there. I'm like, do you ever go on this night of the week? And he was like, I don't know, maybe. I'm like, it, was, it would be mobbed and they would have playing amazing jazz music. He goes, nah, only ever six people there. Every other night, it's a fucking dive bar. Yeah. That night and, and the other night is okay. They do bluegrass one night too. And it's like half full. But it's just great, and they play till about 3 a.m. And when I get off of the cellar, I'd walk over there, have a couple glasses of wine, and just listen to this, like, old-style jazz, the standards. And what it is is the best jazz musicians just come after their gigs. They come by. They get free drinks if they play. Yeah. And it's the best jazz musicians in New York, which means it's some of the best jazz musicians in the world. Yeah. Just fucking chilling out together. They have a whole upstairs section where they're just talking. And then someone's like, Hey, anybody got clarinet? And somebody's like, oh, yeah, excuse me. And they'll come and join because they need a clarinet for one song. It's so fucking cool. I took cats there once. I'll take you once. Yeah, it's so I'd love fucking to check cool. it out. It's I love like, smoking out and checking out jazz smoke, like that. Yeah, you smoke out in the street. Yeah. Nobody cares. And then you go in and you fucking sit there for it. And every once in a while they come by and you throw them $2 or 5 or something and then just fucking, yeah. oh, it's so fun. Because that world, those are such high-end musicians. It's the same thing as high-end comedians. Like, they all know each other. So they can tell uh-huh. who's bullshit. So whoever can sit in. So it's like, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Two Sticks is here. Yeah, he could sit in for 30 minutes. And he, yeah. we all know yeah. he's not We saw bullshit. a guy, so everyone has their own issue. We saw a guy with a little, a little parquet floor, and he had tap shoes. 
oh, and he shit. would tap and it was so fucking cool and he would tap to That's a beat. Cool. me and matt egger saw it and it was just like so cool and i saw a guy later i went again i i would go a lot right and somebody's like oh you've been here before right i know you're a stand-up i was like oh cool he goes yeah i saw that guy with a tap and the guy was like fucking hacky dude anybody be a tap dancer i'm like oh really what because yeah that's fucking lame <laughs> like oh i loved it i don't know <laughs> dude there's nothing more primal than that dude you don't have an instrument you're literally playing drums with your feet yeah you're literally and there's nothing doper than drums i wanted to talk to bill burr like and i think stand-up you know you're literally stand-up is a rhythm that's why drummers and stand-up work together because you're literally just and drumming is counting time you're literally just counting and then yeah. the other guys ride on top of you. But to tap dance, that's like the most primal, like <laughs> you're drumming with your fucking feet. It's, it was so cool. And you look at him and then you look away and you can hear like an actual beat. So even if you're not looking at it, oh, I loved it. But yeah, yeah. I, like, I know what you mean. But like music without lyrics is like chill sometimes. It's chill sometimes. Sometimes you just don't want somebody's politics and childhood you know, all, yeah. I got my own shit going on. I don't need your shit right now. Yeah, Give or like use your voice as an instrument, like Ella Fitzgerald did. You know, which is not even saying anything. She's like, but you're like, yeah, that sounds odd. Are you play? What is that? And you're like, just her voice. Just some scatting, man. No, I yeah. think some of the new trap rap is like not that I like. I I no, love hip hop, and I know yeah. everything. But but you know, I'm you know I'm full, I was born in '72, so I knew. I will tell you the date, man. There was a. It was at the knitting factory. And anytime I was at a club and somebody was playing hip hop, I fucking knew it. Like I knew that the, the producer, I knew the rapper, but I did that knitting factory when it was those three cats, when it was like Will Miles and those guys. The, the post Hannibal. Yeah, post Hannibal. And they were playing all this new trap shit and everybody was bugging out. And I was like, I don't know any of this shit. <laughs> like that was the moment that I was like, oh shit. You know but what I like? I don't hate and, on and it. Trap. It's kind of yeah. a it's kind of a vibe. Like I, think I a get lot of what music, it is. Yeah, I think a lot of music is a response to drugs of the time. So if you listen to like New Order or like and how that slowly moved into techno, it's because like people were doing, you know, ecstasy or MDMA and 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 and, and amphetamines. And then just wanted to fucking dance. Also, it comes out of the, of the Berlin days of like, of like, this is post-Cold War. We really can't like sing love songs. You know, we just want to let it out. Yeah. It's like, like that. And so that music was a response. I kind of like went hand in hand with the drugs they were doing. I think trap is, is ketamine music. Yeah. I These think it's like, if you're going to be on this, let me entertain you while you're on this. Because <laughs> it's all sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It lulls you. It lulls you. But some of it, you know, I don't know. Some of it's like anything. Some of it. That's the thing about Lousy. Like sometimes he says the best art is sometimes the crudest. Like the thing that's like sometimes the most, the smartest thing you could say is like the simplest. Somebody that speaks with so eloquently and so with such vernacular and such you know, with all this new vocabulary, they're really not saying shit. They're just saying, I'm smart. Listen to yeah. me, I'm very smart. Yeah. Sometimes the simplest things are just like right in front of your face. Like, and that's what I think about, like some of this crude trap rap that looks, sounds like shit is, is probably high-end art. I just have it, you know, and sometimes I see it. Yeah, sometimes you see it and you're like, oh, okay. I, 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 yeah, you want to say fuck this, but sometimes yeah, you're yeah. like, well, why are they popular? Yeah, yeah, Hold yeah. On. I, I always say, like, the first time I saw System of the Down, I was like, what the? I got mad. I was like, yeah. what is this? What? This doesn't make, what? Why do you like this crap? Key, yeah. Keys on the table? Who's putting the keys on the table? I don't know where the keys yeah. are. Yeah. And, uh, but then, like, the fifth time I listened to it, I was like, 
holy shit, they're just coming from a whole other direction and that should be applauded when something is a brand new thought or idea brought into our consciousness you know or when someone develops it gets better like like you look at early beatles and it's it's fucking poppy fucking kitty songs you know i want to hold you and then they got like a little older and they're they're getting better musically also and then they're like oh shit they're playing some like dark like white album is like oh it's got some weird themes in here they're musically gifted now and it doesn't like x out their old shit but it's like a different thing so nick yusuf had this problem with, Ta- with taylor swift where he was shit on her all the time he's pompous about his music and they start repping her and it was like what he goes i know dude i know she got better yeah. <laughs> she grew up and got better it's like a comic starting at 14 you know yeah. of course you know of course yeah, they're, gonna they're gonna be, be lame doing... jokes about high school all the time yeah. but they, they, fucking, they got their heart broken at 23 and now they're better I don't, what do you yeah, want to tell you and they know all the mechanics how to play all the chords so yeah. you got it fucking there man uh yeah so i don't want to take you too long we only do an hour we're already like an hour and 20 minutes well i guess if it's a coffee thing i'll tell you about when i start drinking coffee real quick yeah tell me when you're drinking coffee i always said no to i always hated it i had it on a very very rare occasion when i was i was i was uh when i was backpacking i went through a country where they have like naturally growing organic coffee and and if they offer you generally when they offer you coffee it's shit it's just the instant shit but when they offer you like their coffee and you like say no they're like what what's wrong with you man this yeah. is the coffee of here and yeah, you're like yeah. okay and it would fucking jones me if i had it after 10 a.m i couldn't sleep at midnight i was so fucking affected by it but one year at edinburgh i guess i was thinking about my girl and, and i met her there and she's into coffee and i just like couldn't wake up for a show and i needed some caffeine because i would sleep till like 3 p.m you know and i was like i just went and got some and then i got more and more it was just in edinburgh and then I started just drinking it. And then I got home to New York and I just started, I could develop the taste for it finally. And I just love it. Yeah, it Pour is over. kind of a grown up taste. Like uh-huh. I always say, like if you, if you give like a 13 year old coffee or whiskey or cigarettes, they're all like these. That's why grown ups are such nasty motherfuckers. Like, you have the worst stuff. Like you, you have to get over the awful times. Why'd, yeah. you, why'd you have this the second time? Like, like literally whiskey tastes like battery fucking juice uh-huh. and cigarettes taste like some weird cancer ass, you know, it's just like. And only an adult would go like, well, this was awful. Like, let me keep doing it until I don't mind it. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? I've been so numb to life that yeah. I need this thing. It's awful and it's, it's bad for me. Let, me. let me give it another go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, man. So when is Shroom Fest? It oh, yeah. Well, it. you should know. So I started this mushroom holiday. It's an international festival for mushrooms. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't start it. Uh, it was started through me. You've um, been doing this for years. Like you yeah, we were like the nine, best. 10, 11, yeah. maybe. And, and so I was just like, well, it started with like Benji Aflalo. Do you know him? No. I, I've heard of LA. him. Yeah, He's a comic. Yeah. He's a writer now too. Funny guy. He had one of the best, um, not Parkland, it was a school shooting. Remember when they shot up the fucking, it was the kindergarten. Yeah. Where was that? And that's when everybody that, said it was fake. Yeah, Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook, yeah. And everyone was like, too, I tried to make a joke about it. Some guy was like, too soon in the audience. Like, that'll never be funny. And I was like, all right. And I kind of lost the crowd. Slowly got him back. Then I made a Holocaust joke. And everyone laughed. I looked at the guy laughing. I was like, never be funny? And he was like, all right, just too soon. And I'm like, okay, thank you. But <laughs> he had one like the week of. And he goes, uh, you know, all these school shooters. And this, you know, the country's still feeling it. And he goes, these school shooters, if they really don't want to like, really make everybody angry at them just sh- shoot up like 
special education schools. Like the response won't be nearly as bad. The parents will be like, I mean, you shouldn't do it, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's just like, I was like, I, never, I was like, fucking great joke. Anyway, his grandparents had a beach house in Malibu and we'd always go over there July 5th. We'd have a July 5th party where the traffic nice. wasn't terrible to get out there because we're comics. We don't have to work the next day and yeah. we'd all do mushrooms and have a good time. And I was like, guys, let's have a fucking comics. Let's all get to all the comics of LA together. The ones we knew anyway, let's all do mushrooms at somebody's house. And then we like mentioned on a podcast and someone was like, I want to get involved. Like, well, why don't you do it in your city? whoever it was in Kansas city or whatever. And so we just made a day for, and I was going to do it in May. And then someone's like, no, I still have school. I got finals. I was like, all right, good point. Good point. And so we just made it in the summer. And then someone else later was like, why don't you do it when there's a bunch of moonlight? So we just move it around every year to where the, the longest weekend of moonlight in the summer in the Northern hemisphere is shroom fest every year. And this year it's Friday, it's Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. What it's a three day holiday. Just at some point during that time, take shrooms. So this year is July 4th, 5th, and 6th. Oh, I haven't done it in a long time. I think oh, well, I what a great excuse then. Yeah, I think it's time. Once I get, to, I, I don't want to be in the city. I do like New York because I like to walk, homeboy. Okay, here's why New York is actually a good place for mushrooms. Generally, a city is not good. New York is, and maybe not right now, but generally, New York is such an anonymous city that you're back in nature. No one looks at you twice. You can be gacked out heroin addict. No one's going to be like, what the fuck? They just keep walking. So yeah. people leave you alone. You may as well be in the woods. Yeah. As long as you don't run into anyone you know. Yeah. It you is. Know, you uh, go to Chinatown, you're fucking anonymous. Oh, yeah. But I go to Central Park. Like, I think you got, I always love going to nature. That's Nature's the thing great. about mushroom is, is like, I want to, I want to be in a, you really want to be in a controlled environment, a house, like your grandma's old house that nobody's using, that nobody's going to come up the yard. You beach house or cabin brothers. is the best because yeah, then you can go nature cabin. and then back to home base back to home base to wash your ass wash your face and be safe like no one's around me okay yeah. i got my own spot because it is kind of an intense experience and i always feel that oneness that's the one thing i yeah, always oneness with all living things nature all humans definitely i see drug addicts i'm like they're just like me i just caught a different drug than they did yep 100 percent. it always brings me back to we're all in one organism breathing and going on this planet and that's what i think about war and like how just dumb it is and just like the violence that we're all i think i think it mushrooms and psychedelics is going to save psychology i mean there's so many people battling depression it's coming out now like i think mushrooms will be legal and for a lot of good reasons uh because it just opens up your mind in terms of uh love and everything you know yeah not to go but not to go religion because I don't believe like I'm spiritually or whatever spiritual is whatever. Like it's like, I do believe that life is sacred and that it's, in, it's a fun ride. It's a fun trip and we're lucky to be on it. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I was the one thing I've been wrestling with and trying to figure out about world. Do you think world peace can happen? No, no. Nah. Ever, I mean, ever, 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 let's say mushrooms get super legal. People start developing parts of their brains to communicate because can't you, don't you feel like you, you consciously can communicate with Yeah, people? yeah, for sure. But it's just like, I think there's something effect. we haven't tapped into. My know, thing like, is, yeah, but go ahead. You get off mushrooms, so you know, smart. when it's been like seven, eight months, the first three weeks after shrooms, you're like super peaceful, whatever. And then nine, 10 months later, a year later, you're just like, 
getting pent up again. You're like, oh, it's time. Maybe I should do some mushrooms again. But in that time beforehand, you're still kind of angry. So all it takes is like one guy yeah. to go, I'm going to take your stuff because I'm stronger than you. Yeah. One and guy then is- you need a cops. Yes. And then if you have cops, you have to have governments to control the cops. Yes. And then you have other governments and they're like, I don't want you imposing on our territory. And then, so, and then one government's going to fucking push. And then you need to push back to stop them from pushing. It's just like the idea, like if everyone just laid down their arms, we'd have world peace. Like, uh-huh. And if one guy didn't, I know. it's all ruined. It's all ruined. One, that's one motherfucker. But it's there. But I only think it's there. It's like, there. I think it it's there. Right there. And I don't think it's our lifetime, maybe not our kids' lifetime. But eventually, you know, eventually it's more, it shouldn't be a government. It shouldn't be anything. It should just be in your brain. It should be like, right. So it should I be know- in your brain like, no, dude, you're fucking the whole rhythm up. Like, you know, you're fucking up. Don't you, like, don't, I think one day we'll be learned. That's the only thing. And I don't, I think Christianity is, I grew up Methodist and, and I do think there's an evil part of it. Same thing, there's a dark side of, of everything. Everything that's conformed is a dark side, but turning the other cheek trips me out. That's the well, point. It's, hard. it's It's the hardest. It's the one thing, it's the most, and that's what I, when I think about mushrooms, I'm like, and I don't have the balls to do that. I ain't doing that. But if you can do that, look at another motherfucker like, you're gonna do this really? And the Mike only Kaplan way to do it cool, is, yeah. The only way uh, I found to do it is to look down on them. So that way you can be like, it's fun to like fuck with them it, with Tyler turning the other cheek. Where they're like, you fuck it. That joke was fucking terrible. Fuck you. You just want to go like, who hurt you? Yes. You know, and then you can like put them into this like kind of embarrassing place where you're not going back at them with anger because what they're looking for. And if you just go with like, what's going on? That you would actually go to a human like that. You get to feel better than them. It makes them ridiculous. And it's like, no, fuck you. You're like, really? This is so strange. And if you just like enjoy it, you have turned the other cheek and you no, also right. made a fool of them until they're willing to be like, yeah, I guess I don't really care that much. That's the only way they can stop is if they go, all right, that was, that was that's the pro. No, you're a hundred percent. That's the process. That's the move is like, taking the if somebody they say like and i've seen you do this ari that's what i'd like that's what i love about you i've what? seen you do this is like when somebody comes at you and the, the, the evil comes at you if you don't give them anything it just disappears yeah, it just it just kind of <laughs> like it's like eminem saying i am white trash and i do live in a trailer when he's in the rap but like you're pretty much like saying yeah i am fucked up are you really yeah. gonna you're gonna no, make fun you're, of me for that i, I you know. know really I don't care. And it immediately dissolves the situation. So I think that's where I don't know if it's going to be our lifetime or it doesn't even matter. I'm just lucky to be. It'd be nice. It would be nice. Who knows? Who knows? And I don't know, but I think it's something to talk about if you're going to talk about mushrooms and live organisms and uh, you know, just all the trippy shit. That's why it's hard with this virus too. And people like, it's just people at risk. It's just old people. I'm like, not just old people, old people. Yeah. old people what do you mean just old it's not, old people it's not are cool it's not like just rapists yeah. you know then you'd have an issue it's like well i mean they should be in jail but maybe they shouldn't die it's like like just only us someone who's 68 you'd be like well that's what they get for being 60 like what what like yeah yeah what's got yeah no all these no. comics are like i don't care i want to do shows i'm like yeah but they're like I've had people like I have my metabolism's up or my I'm very healthy. I'm like I don't. What about the 54 year old or 58 year old smoker in your audience that's gonna come out and put himself in a weird? I mean, this thing's tricky, man. This thing I, know, I, 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 I economy, want it too. Like, 
Yeah, I want to like, open it up. I want to open the condom, but at the same time, this is a virus that just gets tracked in. I asked a rabbi. I saw a rabbi early on when stuff was closed and like yeah. some coffee shops were still open, and and uh, he he knew me from something. I think he was friends with Modi or something, and um and he goes uh we were just talking. I was like, is synagogue still open? This was like March twentieth, you know. And he goes, no, 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 we're, it's it's closed. I was like, why? No religious exemption. He goes, the virus it's not taxes dude no. <laughs> there's no religious exemption for this it's still gonna hit everybody yeah, yeah it's yeah. just not working that way yeah. and i and i get the ideas open the economy but it's like man fucking get those tests out and they're like it's just nursing homes like well then let's protect those fucking nursing homes yeah instead of just like someone's got to do it I, I don't know i don't know i don't know the answers i just know we're fucking up yeah 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 we're learning i mean it's good to be alive and it's i think it is i don't know i think there's a way out of it but it could be, it could get that, but nobody knows. But I think communicating is one way. And it's cool yeah, to hear. Yeah, we're way better opinion. off than 1918 because we can all like tell each other. I know. And all the entertain, yeah. like, I think if we didn't have this, like, if you were really, if this hit in 90, if this hit in 83 when you didn't have Zoom or Netflix, everybody would be going absolutely stir crazy or becoming uh -huh. great artists. But uh, it's actually doable. Like, we've been in three months and it's been a little bit of a pain in the ass, but I've watched some good movies and read some books. I've learned to stretch. I've meditated. I've done, I got my Patreon going. So yeah, you know, exactly. You know. It's like it's like all this like clerical work that we've been trying to do. We didn't have time for. It's like I got time now. Yeah. Let me start my kombucha. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that. But like, why don't I do it already? You gotta have some kombucha, Ari. Yeah. Uh, your merch game is strong too. How's your? You always had. I like. I was envious when you had grinders. You had some good grinders. Yeah, thanks. I I, try, I had to make them in, in India. I couldn't get any good made ones here. It, it sucked. They really wanted to do American products, but they were like, we got to put Bob Marley's face on it. And I was like, no, no, no. I want original grinders. And they're like, can't do that. And I'm like, Whoa. I know. I, I it, People rag about Trump and all that, but there's a part of me that gets having things made in America. Like there's nothing made here anymore. Like it yeah. wigs me out. Like I lived in a small town in Virginia, half my childhood called Buena Vista, Virginia town in the Appalachian mountains, four hours down yeah. South. I grew up with hardcore rednecks, Damn. like hardcore. Nobody went to college. Everybody worked at this Bluebird, Bluebird bus factory, the whole town, 85%. It's not there. Oh. Town of 5,000. Like there's nothing. That was the whole job system. Now everybody, Everybody can't live at Walmart. Everybody can't work at Walmart or Amazon and be a TikTok star. Like there has to be, that's what I like about small businesses and doing podcasts. And you were always, you were always like, you know, we don't need Sirius. We don't need XM. You have it. You can start your own business. It wasn't as much as like, we don't need them. Fuck them. It was most, mostly like, hey, they're not coming for me. So either I'm going to complain <laughs> for the next 20 years or I better fucking figure out a way to get this going. You know, that's it's like, it's I like, bet. whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's them. Who cares? Yeah. But like, I got to get it going. I got to sell some shit. I got to make yeah. some grinders. Yeah, I tried stuff. making merch, shirts, grinders. I tried making stuff that people would want to use, the actual yeah. good stuff. So I saw like Ralphie, you know, he'd have these like, Oh, rest in peace, Ralphie. Act. I wanted to talk about Ralphie. Ralphie was good to me. I just want to document everybody. Good was Ralphie saved my ass a couple times financially. He got me gigs. I loved hanging. I loved smoking pot with that guy. Oh, I, could, dude, I was on his tour bus doing bong hits. It was the best. <laughs> just to hear him talk and yeah. we're watching Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> just, oh, oh man. It's, it's oh, man. hella good. Hey, Ralph, I'm tell you. And he always <laughs> believed in me, always thought. Yeah, just, yeah, he was I real know, good. I try to live like him. He was real good to young comics, just in terms of like saying, you're funny, man. Yeah. Funny. I've seen you. You're funny. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. 
And it's all and he looked he looked out for the underdog. He looked uh-huh. out for the guy that was on the fringes because he was on the fringes. I try so to take long. that from him. That's one thing I do. Like he's a direct influence on me on that. Where it's like I you, see you do that. You gotta like you. help people because you forget like I because everyone's just a person, right? That's why these celebrities don't really fully think of themselves as celebrities. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, because they are just that guy who couldn't get a date in eleventh grade. Yeah, you know that doesn't go away. So it's like as I get more successful, I. I have to remember like, oh, probably a two-year comic is looking up at me because I have had some specials or whatever. And even though I don't feel, so I'm like, okay, know your place. And then just, I remember Carlin told Jeff Danis, this friend of mine once he got off stage, he was hosting and he was just in the back. He goes, hey dude, that was really funny because he knows he's George Carlin. Yeah. And he knows what a compliment from George Carlin would be. Even though he doesn't feel like a better person than anybody, he knows what's put on him. So does Burr and yeah. me on a lower level. So I try, if I see some at New York Comedy Club, I mean, what's the difference? Even if they're not big, or even if you don't represent any, what if I'm an open mic? I can still be like, hey, man, that was really funny. You've Everyone likes a compliment. Yeah, and it helped me. I remember Ralph you telling me about my joke, it. and I remember, and I, Doug Stanhope doesn't even follow me on Twitter. We're not, like, close friends. But I remember I was going through it, and I saw him at Caroline's, and he was like, hey, man, you're, he just said I was funny. And I was like, you know, I was like, that's it, man. You know, he's one of the top one of the top and with the tightest fucking scenario of what really funny is. So yeah. it's like, when you get that, those kind of, kudos, it, it saves you a couple years. <laughs> it keeps it you really going. It really does. When you're about to quit, you're like, oh, when you're about to quit and you. I've been there a million times and then about to quit and somebody gives you a little kindness, but with truth, you can't just, you can't blow sunshine. Like you gotta be, you gotta be real. And you, cause it, because you're not helping anything. But if somebody's right. legitimately being funny and they can't do anything for you, you know, give them props if they're struggling. Even if it's just one joke. Just like yeah. that joke was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. The shit's hard. The shit yeah. is hard, man. Stand-up's no joke. And thank you, Ari. Thank you for your time. I'm going to yeah, let Rob. you go, man. And I love you. I appreciate you doing love this. Love you too. I'm glad you're safe. Yeah, I'm glad you're safe. Uh, let's hang out when you get back to New York. Yeah, do some mushrooms with your kid. I should. <laughs> I want to do some yoga and some mushrooms and live in a cottage. Dude, yeah, I, I want to be a kids friends. Yeah. Uh, a gnome, yeah. I do want to live that gnome life. No, they need, their brain, my whole thing with that stuff is like, your brain needs to grow until 18. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're all messing with their brain. So I'm always like, yeah, smoke weed, everything. I'm like, no, think about it. This is a psychoactive, okay? Make sure your mind's right before you start messing yeah, yeah. with it, you know? All right, homie. I love you. Thank you all. Thank you, buddy. That's it. All right.